Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon and a happy Friday to you and yours. January 27th, the year 2023. Hope you're having a great start to your weekend. We appreciate you dialing us up. We've got a lot of fun stuff in store for you and yours. And within the time frame of the next two hours, as we come to you live and in living color, my main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair inside the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. Go a little bit west, and we're also on 1041 in the lovely village of Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you want to match the put a face to the voice, you can do so in the Acadiana area because we're on television because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Have played that many games, but uh, the NBA All-Star teams have been named the starters. For the East, in the backcourt, Kyrie Irving, an eight-time NBA All-Star. Donovan Mitchell, who made the switch over from Utah to Cleveland. He's a fourth time NBA starter. Kevin Durant making his 13th appearance as a forward. Jason Tatum his fourth as a forward from the Boston Celtics and manning the middle and the captain of the club in his seventh all-star appearance Giannis Antetokounmpo. That Eastern squad will go up against a Western squad with nine-time all-star Steph Curry in the backcourt with four-timer Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. Nikola Jokic, two-time MVP, five-time All-Stars at one forward. Zion Williamson. The fans have voted. They love them some big Z. And Zion in his second All-Star appearance, led by their captain, who has tied Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most all-star appearances. LeBron James, 19 times playing in this game. I don't know who you're going to pick to win that one. Now, the players, it's pretty cool with the NBA. They're going to announce the rest of their team. They're going to go back and forth, back and forth. You pick, then you pick, then you pick, then you pick. Giannis and LeBron are the captains. They'll pick. They're going to announce the picks like an hour before tip-off. So all these players will be out there and they don't know what jersey to put on until about an hour before the tip. So that's pretty cool. But congratulations to Zion Williamson making the all-star game for uh, the second time in his career. LSU baseball had a um, press conference today as they're getting ready to get underway with a little fall, a little spring practice. First 
pitch of the season, believe it or not, is in three weeks when LSU hosts Western Michigan on February 17th. All the preseason rankings, Baseball America, D1 Baseball, perfect game. They all have LSU at number one, and expectations are sky high. With that in mind, Bill Franklin is the longtime PR Sports Information, Voice of Alec Box Stadium will join us uh, and we'll talk about this team. He's seen all the great teams at LSU, all the great ones from the best seat in the house. On paper, where does this one rank? I know you don't play on paper. Sometimes it uh, helps start a fire, and sometimes you you throw it in the trash can. Uh, hopefully, this paper will start a fire and, and get to Omaha. It's Omaha, and win the whole thing, or it's a uh, honestly, it's 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 a bad season, right? It's a bad season. Sean Payton came out quickly and refuted a report by the Washington Post that things were bad. Uh, and he had trouble with ownership for the um, Denver Broncos. He said nothing could be further from the truth. Well, um, we will see uh, what the truth holds as we're still waiting and patiently waiting to see if anything happens on the Sean Payton front because so much is predicated to the Saints as to what they get from uh, from a compensation standpoint, um, when Sean Payton goes to some other team, the report said that Payton was intrigued by the idea of coaching Russell Wilson, but the talks between him and the Broncos cool because of a, quote, potential power struggle with a member of the ownership group. Several hours later, Payton responded with a tweet saying there was zero truth to the Post report. We had a great visit. And Broncos ownership was fantastic. Never burn your bridges. That Walton Penner ownership group who purchased the Broncos in August for more than $4 billion, they've got enough change to pay for a lot of stuff. So um, let's stand up and, and wait and see what happens there. Of course, we're on the precipice of the AFC and NFC championship games uh, and the line for the uh, Bengals and the Chiefs keeps going up and down and back and forth and so much, so much predicated on the ankle of one Sean Payton. I mean, one Patrick Mahomes. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens along those lines. Our guest list, I told you about Bill Frankes. We'll be talking uh, LSU baseball with Bill. Larry Holder of The Athletic will share his thoughts on the uh, Sean Payton situation, get his thoughts on the AFC and NFC championship game. We'll get his picks. I'm going to add to the premise that I brought up yesterday. I think it has some legs. I want it, I want it to run all the way to the finish line. Uh, I want Sean Payton to sit out this year. I want the Saints to tank. I want them to get the first pick in the draft. I want them to get Caleb Williams, the quarterback, the Heisman Trophy winner from USC. I want them to hire Sean Payton back. Keep uh, Dennis Allen, move him from the head chair back to the defensive coordinator position, and let's roll. I'm going to ask Larry Holder his thoughts on that because I I, kind of like it. Uh, I think it's got a great 
opportunity. Um, Saturday, tomorrow, marks the final edition of the SEC Big 12 Challenge. The Big 12 has a 48-41 overall lead in the Challenge games. The SEC has won the past two challenges. So, as you recall, next year, it's going to be the SEC ACC challenge. And this baby has big time written all over it. The Big 12 has a nation leading seven programs that rank in the top 25 in the Ken Palm efficiency rankings. The SEC is no slouch. They rank third among power six leagues in Kempom and feature two potential number one seeds in Alabama and Tennessee. The SEC's had the better of the challenge lately. The Big 12 hasn't won the challenge since the 2018-19 season, as noted, and the SEC has won the past two outright. The marquee games, number nine, Kansas, visiting Kentucky at Rupp Arena. Number 10, Texas, visiting number four, Tennessee. There's all kind of good games in this one. Uh, Number 15, Auburn at West Virginia. Number two, Alabama at Oklahoma. Uh, You've got number 12, Iowa State at Missouri. Texas Tech comes to Tigertown to take on LSU. Both teams mired in losing streaks. Both teams started off hot. LSU was 12 and 1. Texas Tech was 10 and 2. Now both have massive conference losing streaks. The Red Raiders have dropped their past eight. LSU has lost its past seven. So somebody's going to get off the schneid. Um, And uh, we will talk to Adam Spencer Saturday down south about that game. Others like number 11 TCU at Mississippi State. What a dandy. Arkansas has to go to Waco to take on 17th ranked Baylor. And... um, Florida is at number five, Kansas State. So we'll we'll talk all about this uh, Big 12 SEC matchup. Ole Miss at Oklahoma State's yet another one on the fray. So 10 games overall. We'll see who has the bragging rights with that. So that's uh, Adam Spencer coming up at the 3 o'clock hour. George Faust from KLFY, another edition of Fridays with Faust. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and myself will – once again, show you, tell you how to make some money this weekend with all the picks of all the biggest games that are out there. So there's your headlines of the day. There is our guest list of the day. Four teams, two games, one day. And the winners go to Super Bowl 57. It's the NFL Conference Championships. First, Nick Bosa and the Fighting 49ers head to Philly to take on Jalen Hurts and the high-flying Eagles. And it's off to Kansas City where Joe Burrow and the Bengals look for a fourth straight win over Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. The action begins at Sunday at 2.30 on Sunday, and you can listen to it all here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's number one sports station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Baseball at the box. Believe it or not, three weeks from now, that'll be the first pitch on one of the most highly anticipated teams that I can recall in a long, long time. So let's go to the historian of LSU baseball. And I say that in the kindest of terms because he's been there forever and a day and does a tremendous job issuing out information to everyone and being the voice of Alec Box Stadium, Skip Burtmanfield, my good friend, Bill Frankes. Bill, happy Friday to you, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great, Joey. It's so great to hear your voice. And, uh, man, it's a, it's a gorgeous day here. Uh, we're just wrapping up uh, some media day activities. First day of official practice here at Alec Box Stadium, Skip Burtman Field. And only three weeks away from, from the season opener on February 17th. So there's a lot of excitement, as you said. This is the year number 35 for me, Jordy, working with LSU baseball. And I don't ever remember as much excitement and anticipation about a season as we have right now. Consensus number one team, uh, All-Americans, future major leaguers littered throughout the roster. So there's a lot of uh, big-time expectations for this club. And hopefully Coach Jay Johnson and the staff and the team will be ready for it. It appears that they are. It feels like that they want to embrace these expectations and uh, they're ready to get to get after it very soon couple of quotes from today's press concerts. Jake Johnson on managing expectations as the consensus preseason number one. Quote, mm-hmm. prepare at the highest possible level and give everything we have toward executing what our job is for the team to win. I like that approach. Um, he's got there. He's got their attention. Sometimes yep. when you have so many good players, it's hard to to keep everything from a chemistry standpoint. But I don't think that's an issue here. I don't think it is either, Jordy. You're right. That was that was my first thought as Jay and, and the staff were accumulating all this talent over the summer. Uh, you know, of course, the transfer portal being such a huge uh, component now of college athletics, uh, it, it definitely is a f- big factor in baseball right now. But you bring in guys like Paul Skeens, an All-American pitcher from Air Force, Tommy White, 27 home runs for North Carolina State last year, Thatcher Hurd from UCLA, uh, 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 another, uh, you know, future uh, major league pitcher, all these guys joining the program and combining them with players like Dylan Cruz and Trey Morgan, who we all know very well already. And those guys have very bright professional futures as well. So that your first thought would be, how do you manage all these egos and how, how do you find uh, enough space in the lineup to accommodate all these guys? But, but Jay seems to have a very, a very uh, coherent and very well laid out plan. And, the, you know, Dylan Cruz, who's, the projected number one pick uh, this mm-hmm. summer in the MLB draft, he really epitomizes what Jay is talking about. Jordy, he is as selfless and as humble as a person as you'll ever meet relative to his skill on the baseball field. And his demeanor and his leadership skills, I think, really filter down throughout the entire team. I think that's really going to help with the chemistry and the way Jay's going to have to manage uh, what will be a very talented roster. You mentioned Jordan Thompson being healthy. He said Jordan Thompson's yeah. on the scene. I value Jordan Thompson's as much as I do Dylan Cruz. He is yeah. our shortstop. That tells me something. Yeah, absolutely, Jordy. You know, I think Jordan got a bit of a, a bad rap last year. And, of course, he'll admit that he did not play well defensively for most of the, I'd say, the first half of the season. He really did struggle defensively at shortstop. Uh, fans may remember, even for a time, he experimented with Jordan playing second base and Kay Doty playing shortstop. Right, Eventually, right. Jordan went back to shortstop, 
And by the end of the year, he was a very reliable defensive player and also a clutch hitter. I think fans forget, and Jay pointed out again today, that Jordan had a knee operation, a minor knee operation, about three weeks prior to last season, and he was still working his way back into shape as late as you know April before he was really wow. feeling 100% again. So I think that made a difference. And now Jordan's 100% healthy. He had a great fall. Uh, his defense uh, has been spectacular in all the intra-squad scrimmages. So I think you'll see a much better player defensively, and I think he'll continue to excel offensively as well. A real, a real reliable hitter uh, further down the lineup, but he, in his two years here, has been LSU's or one of LSU's best clutch hitters with runners in scoring position. So, yeah, love uh, Jordan's uh, demeanor, uh, and uh, he's another guy who has a professional future as well. And I'm looking forward to see how he, he takes on that shortstop, shortstop role 100% healthy. Bill Frank, his 35th season um, manning the ship of LSU baseball so that we can listen and learn and understand. Um, look, everybody knows LSU's always going to hit the ball. It, yeah. it always comes down to pitching. You've seen a lot of great staffs. You've seen some staffs that didn't live up to the expectations, and the expectations for this team are through the roof. Tell yeah. me about the pitching staff. So, Jordy, I think that's the that'll be the biggest difference uh, when when comparing uh, this year's team to last year's team. Last year's team, and I think most fans will agree, did everything it could possibly do based upon. The, the starting pitching that we had available. We just didn't have maybe uh, – we, we couldn't compete with other SEC schools over the course of an entire weekend with our starting pitching. Now, those guys pitched you know, as well as they could and made great contributions, but now I think you have a, a different level uh, of pitching uh, with newcomers like Paul Skeens and Thatcher Hurd. But you also have guys like Ty Floyd and Grant Taylor – uh, who were here last year, who really made huge strides upward. Uh, Bryce Collins is another guy who's, who, who Jay described his improvement as massive, and a lot of credit for that goes to our new pitching coach, Wes Johnson. Wes Johnson was a major league pitching coach. He was the pitching coach for the Minnesota Twins last season. He was hired away by LSU from the Minnesota Twins in June, in the middle of the MLB season, because he wanted to return to the college game and saw a great opportunity here at LSU. Wes Johnson regarded as one of the best pitching minds in all of baseball, and I think he's going to have a major impact upon the success of the staff, along with the fact that we have a lot of talented arms. Those guys I mentioned, plus a lot of true freshmen. I mean, Jordy, I've heard that we have maybe 10 player, 10 pitchers who hit 95 and above on the radar gun, which is just unheard of. So I think pitching is going to be a, a huge difference uh, when comparing Jay's first team to his second team. Is Skeens the guy? Is he the Friday night guy? Is he the guy that, you know, you feel comfortable giving the ball and let's get a one-zip yep. lead in the best of three series? Is, he's the guy, is he the guy? Yes, I'd say so. Right now, I think Friday on that Friday night, game one against Western Michigan, it's Paul Skeens taking the mound for LSU. I mean, you know, you look at him and you think, Big league pitcher. I mean, six foot six, you know, two hundred and thirty pounds, uh, hundred mile per hour fastball, uh, ninety plus or ninety five plus mile per hour sinker, which is something that the LSU hitters were talking about. You know, some of the hitters were asked about who's the toughest guy you faced during the fall scrimmages, and most of them said Paul Skeens, just because of his uh, both of his fastball velocity 
and also because of his off-speed pitches being uh, so dynamic. So I think he is definitely the guy, uh, as I said earlier, uh, played at Air Force the past two years, both as a pitcher and a hitter. Now, I don't know how much we'll see him as a hitter here, but he's a very capable hitter as well, batting from the right side. But uh, Friday night starter, I think that's Paul Skeen's role right now, and I, I would imagine that'll be his role throughout this year. And uh, like Dylan Cruz, a guy with a supreme amount of talent, but also just a tremendous attitude. Naturally, uh, a two-year attendee at the Air Force Academy, uh, a young man who's very disciplined, and I think he's going to bring uh, a lot on and off the field to this LSU program. I wonder, if he, I wonder if he left the Air Force and uh, decided to let his hair grow. I mean, they have some strict guidelines <laughs> over there. Maybe, maybe he's turned it loose over here. I don't know. Bill Frank is with us. Um, you know, we know Cruz is going to be a starter. We didn't, we've heard Jordan Thompson is going to be a shortstop. Are there any position yep. battles up for grabs here? I think there are two primarily right now, Jordy, that, that, that the focus will be placed upon in the next three weeks. Uh, one is at second base. Uh, you know, you, you may remember Kay Doty, of course, played sec- yeah. most, mostly at second base last year. Kay's second-round draft pick with Toronto now in, in, in pro ball. So at second base, we have uh, several guys who are candidates to play. Uh, ben Napolt is a transfer from Virginia Commonwealth. He was an all-conference player at VCU last year. Uh, he's a guy who will definitely get a strong look at second base, along with a, a true freshman, Gavin Gidry, you know, a superstar, yep. a highly regarded prospect at a Barb High School yep. in Lake Charles. I think yep. Gavin certainly has an opportunity to play early. And then another Gavin, a name we all know, Gavin Dugas. Wow. Gavin has, has played a lot. How, in the how many years has he been at LSU? Yeah, yeah. And he, can still, he can play. He played uh, infield early in his, in his career here. And he can play second base as well. So uh, I think you look at uh, Dugas, Gidry, Napolt, all being candidates to play second base. And also Jack Merrifield, another uh, Louisiana kid, uh, played at LSU units for a couple of years, uh, came to LSU last year. I think he might have a role as well. So uh, there'll be uh, several guys vying for that second base position. And then behind the plate, we've got uh, wow. a lot of depth. You know, last year, we, uh, catcher, uh, we didn't have all the depth we needed. Alex Malazzo was hurt most of the year. Hayden Travinsky was hurt most of the year. Uh, Tyler McManus came in as a, as a grad transfer and, and contributed a great deal. But Tyler, of course, now has graduated. So mm-hmm. Alex Malazzo's back. He's 100%. Great defensive catcher. And we have two young guys, two true freshmen, Brady Neal and Jared Jones, both highly regarded uh, high school prospects. They uh, perhaps maybe a little further advanced than Alex Malazzo offensively, Alex more advanced defensively, so I think the combination of those three guys will give LSU a lot of options behind the plate. So I would look for catcher and second base. Uh, Those two uh, positions will be very hotly contested uh, leading up to the season opener. I sense by the tone of your voice, and I know you pretty well, Bill Franquez in his 35th season is like (laughs) a kid in a candy shop. You're pretty excited about this team. You know know it's Omaha and win the whole thing or bust. That's what it is. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. The old guy, it kind of invigorates the old guy. You know, I've been to this a long time, and, you know, baseball season can be long, but I'll say this, that, you know, Jay and and really all the coaches I've worked with, I've been very fortunate. Skip Bertman, Smoke Laval, Paul Maneri, and now Jay. Just, uh, you know, Jay brings a lot of enthusiasm and energy. He, he's so upbeat and positive, and, and that really uh, filters throughout the entire club. And, yeah, to see all those, those, those consensus number one rankings and, and all the, the, the draft projections. And, uh, and it's been a while since we've been to Omaha. In fact, I was talking to some of the guys outside just a little while ago. I said, 
Bill, when's the last time LSU went to Omaha? And I said, yeah, it's been six years. Wow. I remember there, there, that's, you know, if, we, if it was more than two years that LSU didn't go to Omaha, that was a big deal back in the day. So It was, it was time to fire the coach. To the end. Yeah, it's time to fire the coach if you don't go, you know, once every <laughs> two or three years. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited for you, buddy. Uh, I know they've right, got man. some practice open to the public the next three days. The weather should yes. be nice, I hope. Yes. And uh, yes. here we go. 35 and rolling, big boy. Enjoy. There we go. Bill, thank you. All right, man. Thank you, Jordy. Look, I look forward to talking to you soon. You got it, my friend. Bill Franquez and LSU Baseball. We'll take a quick time out here. When we come back, Larry Holder of The Athletic. We're talking NFL playoffs. And where the heck is the latest on Sean Payton? This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Every day by Cajun Chef. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef products by the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic. Get back in the game with Hormone Replacement Therapy by DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger you've ever tasted. By the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win until you start playing. By Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches by ducks cleaning America's air from the inside out and by ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. And then there were four with two trying to advance to the Super Bowl. It's the AFC NFC Championship Games. And where the heck is Sean Payton today? Well, Larry Holder, the athletic, joins us on this Friday for these details and much more. Good afternoon, Larry. How are you, my friend? Jordy, I'm good. How are you today? I'm terrific. I want to throw this premise out there now, okay? Here's my theory. Here's my logic. I came up with it yesterday. Here's what I think needs to happen with the New Orleans Saints, all right? Sean Payton needs to get back in the broadcasting uh, world for another season. The Saints need to tank. They need to tank on purpose. They need to get the number one pick in the draft. They go get Caleb Williams, the quarterback at USC. They say, Dennis Allen, thank you for your services. Get back on the defensive coordinator role. And Sean Payton comes back to the fray with the quarterback of his dreams and the Saints march on. We just lower the prices of beer in the Superdome so the Saints fans can can find some kind of hope out of losing next year. That's my theory. That's what I think needs to happen, Larry. Talk to me. That's a lot of dominoes to happen. <laughs> uh, and uh, tank on purpose. And I, uh, I, I would have a hard time seeing Dennis Allen staying as defensive coordinator if the team basically okay. said, we don't want you as the head coach anymore. Okay. So okay. some of that, that typically never happens. Uh, in the NFL, in that sense, and so, like uh, everything you're saying would sound great, but uh, yeah, I think that uh, it's not going to be as uh, as cut and dried as that. I mean, ob- obviously, we're talking about Sean Payton and kind of where he's going to end up, and I-, I don't think he knows 
right now where he right. wants to end up. And look, you, you mentioned going back to broadcasting. He has definitely not discounted that. I mean, he said this publicly uh, on more than one occasion that he, if things aren't right in his eyes, that he would end up back at Fox doing this again. Uh, but yeah. also, he's also publicly warned that if the Saints don't trade him this round and he's out of coaching for a second year, that his value would go down. And I mean, I would agree with that because kind of the yeah. shine kind of uh, goes away from that. And so it is a lot of steps we got to take to uh, to even get to Sean Payton even leaving, uh, much All less right. uh, much less anything else. And if he doesn't leave, what the heck do the Saints do? I mean, I keep saying that. What do they do? They got no picks. Yeah, I, I mean, what do they do? Yeah, yeah. I've seen the uh, kind of the speculation out there about Derek Carr, uh, and that's actually someone. Our last off season, I kind of dove into maybe how he might fit with the Saints, but still, you got to trade for him. Uh, but also, I mean, Derek Carr could also say, "Look, I don't want to be traded." And right. he has a no-trade clause. And then the Saints waited out, maybe try to pick him up in free agency. But how much of an upgrade is, him, is he from someone like Andy Dalton, who's also a free agent? And so, I mean, and we already know kind of the writing on the wall. Uh, James Winston, they're going to move on from him. I mean, they didn't even give him a chance uh, really this year. I, obviously, they, they don't have faith in him, whether he's hurt or, hell, uh, or not. Uh, so, yeah, I, there are so many question marks with this team. And, you can kind of go almost position by position, maybe last on defense, but on offense you're wondering, all right, what what is, what is this team going to do? Because they've obviously struggled offensively the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, Philadelphia's not going anywhere. Um, San Fran's not going anywhere. I, whichever whichever team in the NFC South gets a decent quarterback, that's <laughs> that's my bet to win the division. I wouldn't discount – the Saints may be trying to uh, visit making a run at Trey Lance in San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, we know Jimmy yeah. G is going to be a free agent, but yeah. the, the 49ers, they're undefeated with Brock Purdy as their quarterback. And right. so right. if you like Brock Purdy, do you really want to hang on to Trey Lance or can you get something for him? So I think that's uh, that's something that San Francisco might explore and, uh, the Saints might want to explore, but I mean they've got to keep every option open because they, no they're doubt. just a team that's just kind of there right now. I mean they they've got some talented pieces, but they're definitely not getting any younger, and nope. they're just kind of there. And they don't have a first round pick, and you're yep. banking on getting a first round pick for Sean Payton. And if he doesn't go anywhere, guess what? You sunk again. Yeah. Um, he refuted the reports about being uh, some power struggle with an owner for the Broncos. He said that's completely false. Uh, he says he's had a great meeting with Arizona. I don't know why he'd want to go to Arizona. I, I, you know, Carolina's out of the picture. I guess Houston's still there. Um, if you were uh, betting your 25 cents on is he coaching or is he back in the broadcasting world, what would you say for next year? If I was betting... I'd say he's back in the broadcasting world. Uh, but too. I do think that, uh, like, uh, I just even know how Sean Payton is. I mean, he can he could be enamored with something and then change his mind quickly. I mean, that happened when he was trying to decide whether he wanted to stay last year or go. And right. there's a lot to take in. I mean, he's going to have, by the end of this process, he's going to have talked with four teams. Uh, we already know Carolina has moved on. 
Uh, maybe the asking price for Sean was too much within the division. I kind of understand that. Uh, I agree. There are definitely pluses and minuses all over the map. And say Arizona. I mean, that's the latest team he's been meeting with. Uh, you know, their ownership has not always had the greatest reputation. Mm-hmm. And yet he probably doesn't even know the GM and the front office because they made wholesale changes. I mean, they got, uh, you know, the GM is no longer there. They have a new GM. Uh, and does he trust Kyler Murray going forward as your quarterback? I mean, because two of the three teams, they have quarterbacks under long-term lucrative deals. Kyler Murray uh, with Arizona, Russell Wilson with Denver. We already know Russell Wilson has reached out and wants Peyton badly. <laughs> uh, and is that enough to draw him in? I don't know. And then Houston, you wonder, okay, if, if you're the Texans, Sean would have his choice of quarterback in terms of the draft this year because we don't assume right. that Chicago is going to take a quarterback at number one if they're sold on Justin Fields, which I think they are. I mean, to me, he's like their only asset uh, in Chicago right. right now. Right. And so right. who do you love at quarterback in this draft? Is it – Bryce Young, is it C.J. Stroud, is it Will Levis, uh, or do you go pry a free agent and then have a buffer zone quarterback? I, yeah, because obviously Sean would have some time to, to rebuild uh, Houston, which is, I mean, let's let's be honest, have they ever really been built? I mean, but still, right. uh, like at least get back to relevancy. So, I mean, and, and their ownership has always been suspect at best. So add it all up and a lot of talking, a lot of, a lot of different layers. And so I, that's why, like, if you're asking me as a, if I'm betting some sort of money, uh, I yep. would bet that Sean would stay out of this fray and, and maybe go back to, to Fox. That's the way it's looking like to me. I'm with you. NFC Championship game, 2 o'clock uh, on Sunday, San Francisco at Philadelphia. The Eagles, two-and-a-half-point favorites. What do you think? None of my pictures surprise you, Jordy. I mean, I've been on the on the bandwagon, on the 49ers bandwagon. Uh, I uh, I will say that uh, Brock Purdy came back to uh, earth a little bit yeah. uh, last week, but Dallas is one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, the Eagles certainly have a, a very good defense, and they're going to be playing in Philadelphia. So it's definitely going to be hostile territory for Purdy. But, look, I'm going to ride the 49ers train. I, I think that uh, they can slow down. Jalen Hurts and some of those uh, weapons that they have. I mean, they run the football well. They're, they're really kind of a, a similar team. They got. Uh, yeah. I'll probably give that 49ers an edge on defense, but uh, the forty uh, the Eagles are probably a little more dynamic on offense just because of their quarterback. Even though you look at the 49ers and you like their skill position players, McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. So I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, but I'm I'm going to stick with the 49ers. Uh, you know, okay. I, I just think that they're they're kind of riding that hot streak. All right, in the AFC Championship game, Cincinnati opened up as a favorite. Now all of a sudden, I mean, this thing is moving back and forth and back and forth. Kansas City's a one point favorite at home for the 5:30 kickoff on CBS. Cincy at Kansas City. Talk to me. I was with Cincinnati even before. Mahomes got hurt, even though they struggled against the Ravens uh, in the wild card round. They looked dynamite against the Bills in certainly some adverse conditions uh, on the road in the snow. Uh, it seemed like Joe Burrow was spot on, uh, even though I know they've got a little bad, they've got some issues on the along the offensive line. 
Uh, they were able to protect Joe, or, or Joe was maybe even better to protect himself as he gets rid of the football so quickly. Uh, that run game got going. The defense is playing well. Uh, I'm rolling with my thoughts from the very beginning of the playoffs. I'm thinking 49ers, Bengals, Super Bowl. I have not made a pick in that, but I, I, I've been I've been staunch with both of those teams. I say I thought I've always thought uh, once the postseason started, I've always been thinking those two are my favorites in each conference, and I have not changed my mind there. Didn't those two play back in the day, and Charles Alexander was playing for the Bengals, and uh, did he get a touchdown in the Super Bowl? I can't remember. I, I don't know. We got to call Ken Anderson. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, that was a, that Super Bowl happened when I was one, Jordy. So oh, I, shut I, I, need, up. I need to look it up. Stop in the history it. Book. I was Stop at least it. like coherent and and almost uh, double digits in age when Icky Woods and Boomer Siasen were playing. Uh, Joe Montana and John Taylor uh, uh, catches that touchdown with less than a minute left to win the game. But yeah, I, old number, uh, yeah, yeah. Old number four was in the Super Bowl for the Bengals, and I know they played the Forty ers So there you go. Um, death taxes. Novak Djokovic winning an Australian Open. I mean, is anybody going to beat that guy? How good is he playing? Jesus. Yeah, I think he's super motivated because if you remember last year, I mean, they threw yeah. him out the country because yeah. he was not uh, he was not vaccinated, and uh, they Australia was. Super tight on that, and uh, Nadal ended up winning that. But yeah, look, no, Joe, uh, Novak, cool. he's 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 on a mission. He wants to be the best yeah. ever. And guess what? Uh, look, he's a uh, he's been pretty successful over the years against uh, uh, Stefano Tsitsipas. I, I just can't see it going any other way. I think Novak is uh, better physically and better mentally uh, yes. than Tsitsipas. It would be uh, Grand Slam number 22, tying him with Nadal. Uh, somebody's got to pass Margaret Court one of these years. She's at 24. Um, Serena's at 23. And then you got Nadal and soon-to-be Okovic, So And Steffi Graf. We keep forgetting about Steffi. But uh, that's a lot of wins, man. Larry Holder. He's got the Niners and the Bengals and Sean Payton going back to the broadcasting booth. Love it to death. Thank you, my friend. Have a great weekend. All right, buddy. My, my mind might change next week. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, but we'll see. A lot can happen. I'm in that. Uh, I'm weekend. in that club as well. I'm in that club go. as well. Thank you, Larry. Have a great weekend. Right. We'll be back right, to Jordy. wrap up hour number one after this. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game is throwing you something far better than some cheap plastic beads this Mardi Gras. That's right. You could score a $500 Visa gift card. Just download the game mobile app, open the app, and click on the Mardi Gras Moolah tab, and you're on your way to winning a $500 Visa gift card. It's the game's Mardi Gras Moolah sweepstakes. Download the app, win money. It's just that simple, and it's all from the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back at 51 minutes after the hour. You have to be a certain age. Look, broadcasters um, bring us the game um, with their voice, with their 
logistics, with their opinions. And we either like them, we don't like them, we love them, we hate whatever. It be, to each his own. And everyone has their favorites. Some, or the, the, someone's favorite may not be your favorite. You may despise them. You may love them. Who knows? Um, in my day, growing up, it was a it was a three man group that was just it did I mean I, look I played college basketball so of course I was attached to that but the 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 combination of Dick Enberg on play by play Al McGuire and Billy Packer as co analysts it was it was great TV it was a live game like TNT studio with Ernie Johnson, Shaq, Kenny, John, uh, Kenny and, uh, and Charles. That, that's what it, it was like. It was entertaining. It was informative. Dick Enberg was the maestro at controlling. Uh, Billy Packer was the, the hoop junkie. And God bless Al McGuire was, was just brilliant. You know, he came up with the he, he didn't call center centers. He called them aircraft carriers. I mean, he just he was he was brilliant. We lost Dick Enberg and we lost Al McGuire. Well, Billy Packer is joining them. Uh, and I hope that they're calling a game up in heaven together again. Billy Packer passed away. Um, he was. He was everything to college bay. He was he was an all American guard at Wake Forest. He got involved in television and he moved on up for so many years. He did the Final Four. Uh, he and Brent Musburger for years and years and years. But he started out. It was Enberg, Packer, and McGuire. And I can always remember uh, being on an LSU team, playing in the Superdome, playing against um, Wichita State. And the winner would go to the final four. And the Superdome, the configuration held about 35,000 people. It wasn't like they do now for the final fours. They tried to make it a little bit more um, cozy. But it was packed to the rafters. And sitting there courtside in the best seats of the house were Dick Enberg and Billy Packer and Al McGuire. And you either loved them or you hated them. But they were must see much listen to television they and dick enberg was was terrific dick enberg did everything i'll never forget sending a note because i was interested in the broadcasting world and i sent uh, a note and there was no such thing as emails back then i had a handwritten note and dale brown was his friend and i got his address and i, I sent him a letter and and one sunday morning it was like it was like 6 30 in the morning on a sunday now now Dick lived out on the West Coast. It was probably around 4.30 in the morning. And I get this, uh, uh, hello? Um, no cell phones. You pick up the phone on the bedstand. You know, they all plug it into the wall deal. You pick it up, hello? And he goes, uh, is this Jordy? I go, yeah, who, who, who is this? He said, Jordy, this is Dick Enberg. Bing! I'm like, what? I said, "Who's? come on now, really. He said, I just wanted to thank you for your letter. And I went, oh, my God. And we talked for like an hour, an hour. Anyway, long story short, um, broadcasters are our ears to what we see. And it's not an easy gig. 
It's not easy. It's a lot of preparation that goes into it. And a lot of people are very, very critical. Um, and I always say, if you think it's that easy, you go try it. Go try it. And then you can be critical. You really can. It's, but it's like what you, whatever you do, I, I wouldn't pretend to be able to do what you do because you're the expert at that. You've got the training. You've got the years of it. So I respect what you do. I respect what these broadcasters do. It ain't easy. And more and more and more people are listening in. And, and with Twitter and all this stuff, it's instant criticism. Instant. What did he say? Well, uh, you know, it is. But uh, rest in peace, Billy Packer. You were terrific. And that trio, Dick Enberg, Billy Packer, and Al McGuire, to me, that was the greatest, followed by Dandy Don Meredith, Howard Cosell, and Frank Gifford. Those were the those were the ones that I grew up with. Those are the ones that I, I appointment television. You never missed. You never missed. Hopefully, maybe you you feel that way about this show, and you don't want to miss it. And if we did that, then we've accomplished what we want to do. So. Um, there's my little uh, soapbox on that. Our number one's in the books. Our number two straight ahead. A fun-filled one. We'll have Adam Spencer. We'll, we'll pick the winners of the SEC Big 12 Basketball Challenge. 20 teams, 10 games. Who's going to come out on top? George Faust. Um, Fridays with Faust. The Cajuns tied for first place in the Sunbelt Conference Basketball Race. Bobby Marlin and company doing a great job. We'll talk about that. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will make our fear Fearless forecast picks. It's all coming your way. Hour number two here on the Jordy Helper Show. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two on this Friday, January 27th, the year 2023. My main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair, doing his thing. He's on the campus of uh, Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world. 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can pop your television set on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. We've got a big second hour planned for you and yours. We'll talk Raging Cajuns. Uh, we'll make our picks. But we begin our number two with the final edition of the SEC Big 12 Challenge in Men's Basketball. Next year, the ACC joins the SEC, and so bragging rights are eminent, and these are some great games with two of the best basketball conferences in the country. No one knows it better. No one is more astute when it comes to hoops and these leagues than our good friend from Saturday down south, Mr. Adam Spencer, who's kind enough to join us on what should be some great games on Saturday. Adam. Happy Friday, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great, Jordy. How are you? I'm terrific. You looking forward to this uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge? I mean, they got some really good games. 
Yeah, I think it should be, uh, you know, this thing is always pretty close. Um, so I, I think there's some really good, really even matchups this this weekend. And uh, I think it's going to be tough for either conference to uh, yeah. to to win six. Let's see what Let's get your thoughts on it. We'll go down through all the 10 games. I want your pick and why. Uh, starting off, um, number 15, Auburn at West Virginia. These two teams, even though Auburn's 15th ranked in West Virginia, they're kind of evenly matched, aren't they? Yeah, and I, I mean, going into West Virginia is no easy task for anybody. Nope. You know, the Mountaineers have been down, but uh, they always bring it when it's in Morgantown. So, I mean, Auburn just got a little bit of a wake-up call uh, this this week, too, with uh, that loss at home against uh, Texas A&M. So, yeah. you, know, you know they'll be hungry to uh, to get back on track, and I, and I think that's going to be a really, really tight game. But uh, I do like Auburn, you know, since they had that wake-up call, I do like them to come out okay. with the win in that tough road environment. Let's go to number two, Alabama at Oklahoma. Porter Moser has a final four to his credit with Loyola. Um, They play it slow and they play it. They're way back in tempo. Alabama, just the opposite. Um, Man, I like Alabama in this. What do you think? Yeah, I think that that's one of the easier ones to predict. I mean, it, it, it won't be easy again, just because this is another road game for the SEC. So you can't take those for granted um but yeah alabama just looks like a juggernaut this year you know they they're another team that uh that had a wake-up call this week you know they they barely beat yeah. mississippi state um so you know you know nate oates is going to uh hammer his team over that one um so you know i'm i'm, I'm thinking that we're going to see a motivated and uh crisp alabama team on saturday in norman all right, so we got the Alabama Crimson Tide winning that one. All right, near and dear to your heart should be a great one. Um, a battle of great offense, Missouri at home. They ranked sixth in the Ken Palm adjusted offensive efficiency versus 12th-ranked Iowa State. Uh, their great defense, they rank eighth in the same efficiency. So what wins, offense or defense? It's at Mizzou. Yeah, I think that we are going to find out within the first five minutes of that one who's going to win. I, I think that, uh, that you know, whoever, if Mizzou can get up and down the court and get open threes and knock down a couple ones early, then uh, that crowd at Mizzou Arena is going to be going crazy. Um, you know, that's a, that's a good place to play when, when the basketball team is good. You know, that, that, that's a very underrated home crowd uh, when, when they have something to root for, actually. So. You know, I think that if, if Mizzou can come out and knock down a couple threes, they don't have to make 16 like they made at Ole Miss. But, uh, you know, it'd be it'd be nice if they can make a couple early. If they don't, then I think that Iowa State's defense settles in and uh, and they end up controlling the, the game and the pace. And uh, Mizzou will have a tough time if they can't get out ahead early. I, who wins it? I think I think Iowa State wins that one. They've been so good this year. I think yeah. it's going to be close, though. They're going to need to make like a game-winning shot or something like that. Iowa State doesn't turn the ball over either. They're pretty darn good. Should be a great, great game. I had a t- <laughs> One's lost eight straight conference games. One's lost seven straight conference games. They both started off really well, but now they woo, they have plummeted. Texas Tech at LSU. Jeesh. Uh, somebody's going to have to win. Who's going to win? Yeah, I like LSU in that one. Just uh, you know, I think that you know they're going to have to. It's not going to be easy, but uh, Texas Tech has been one of the worst teams in the 
in the Big Twelve. So I, I yeah. think that uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. But uh, I, I just really think that they've got to start you know getting Adam Miller going. They've got to start you know I think they're I think they're getting Justice Hill back. Um, yeah. So you know they're going to have some pieces um, that they can. They're going to be at full strength. Uh, KJ Williams is uh, a matchup nightmare. So I, I think LSU, uh, by benefit of being at home, pulls off the win there. If I was in Lubbock, I'd pick the Red Raiders. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, t- both teams desperate for a win. Give me the home team, and that's LSU. I'm with you on that one. Number 11, TCU at Mississippi State. Uh, the Bulldogs had a brutal scheduling January, and TCU's no no slouch either. So um, they won its past two games against Kansas and against Oklahoma by an average of 25 points. So they're on fire, but they got to go to the hump. What do you think? Yeah, I think that that's going to be an easy win for the Horned Frogs. They've been so good this year. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, Mississippi State, uh, their offense has struggled. They may have figured out a couple things against Alabama uh, this week. But, uh, yeah, I think that that's going to be a pretty comfortable TCU win. They're, they're locked in and, uh, and looking good. All right, Arkansas at number 17, Baylor. I think there's one of the better matchups, despite the fact that uh, Arkansas, their offense has been so inconsistent, especially on the road where they've yet to win a game. Um, Waco isn't the best place to try and grab your first road win. What do you think? Yeah, I think that that's going to go to Baylor, but I do think that Arkansas makes it close. I think that uh, Arkansas is, you know they're they're starting to turn that corner. I think we've seen signs of it. I think that uh, you know we've we've really they've, they've really looked a lot better uh, this past couple games. So you know I think that they go in there and they they look good, but uh, just come up short at the end of the at the end of the day. All right, so the Baylor Bears get the win there. We've got a matchup of two top 10 teams, number 10 Texas at number four Tennessee. Uh, they were 12-1 and one when their head coach was fired, um, but they haven't let that derail their season. They sit in a tie for first place in the best conference in America, but they got to go into Knoxville where Tennessee plays defense and Rick Barnes and the Vols, they're pretty good at home. What do you think about uh, number 10 at number four? Yeah, I mean, you know that Rick Barnes wants this one. Um, so, I, I and the the metrics on Tennessee's defense are just incredible this year. You know, in the Ken Palm rankings, nobody's even come close since two thousand two, two thousand three. Nobody's even come close to having the sort of season that the Vols are having on the defensive end. So, you know, I think that points are going to be hard to come by. Uh, I think that Texas is going to be. You know, throwing off balance a little bit by uh, the active hands of the Tennessee team, who you know they're second in the SEC in steals per game. Uh, you know, I, I think that Texas is going to have a hard time. I think that uh, I think that Tennessee gets this one in uh, in a low scoring game, as uh, a lot of them seem to be on Rocky Top there this year. I gotcha. All right, let's head over. Um, stay in the state of Kansas, Florida at number five, Kansas State. Kansas State is, um, wow. Um, Florida's going to face Keontae 
Johnson, who was a star at Florida before he collapsed on the court at Florida State back in 2020, didn't play for two years. He earned a degree in Gainesville, and then when Florida doctors wouldn't clear him to play, he transferred to Kansas State. He's got a second chance. He's averaging 18 points, seven rebounds, almost three assists a night. One of the great success stories of the season. Yeah, I mean, that's a... That's one of the ones, you know, when, when that game was announced, it was like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe Florida can pick up a road win over a Kansas State team that might not be any good. Well, now Kansas State's a top-five team, so, you know, that and Keontae Johnson's a big part of that. He's become the star for that team. So, I mean, you know that's going to be an emotional one for him. I expect him to have a really great effort. Um, so, you know, I, I think that that's a, a pretty solid uh, win for the Big 12 there. All right, let's move on. We've got a oh, I've got a dog with fleas. This is going to be a team that uh, fires their coach. Ole Miss is at Oklahoma State. The Rebels are a miss. Um, the Cowboys are, but they've played a tough, tough schedule. Uh, they're two and six in the Big Twelve. They've got a really good defense. Um, so I don't see how Ole Miss can travel uh, to Stillwater uh, or wherever and 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 beat Oklahoma State. I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't see that either. Um, you know, I think that uh, that Ole Miss is just you know they're they're really struggling this year. Uh, Oklahoma State hasn't been great, but uh, you know maybe maybe this, you know this is another one where I think that the Big Twelve benefits from being the home team in this situation. Uh, you know, maybe if this was in Oxford, I'd pick the Rebels. But uh, yeah, going on the road uh, to that tough gym in Stillwater, you know, I, I'm I'm taking the Cowboys pretty comfortably in that one. All right, and we come down to the last, but certainly not least, number nine, Kansas at Kentucky. Last season, Kentucky rolled into to Fog Allen Fieldhouse and just dominated the future national champs. Um, Kentucky seems to have gotten a little bit better. Kansas has lost three straight, so this pendulum is swinging. They got to go to Rupp Arena. This could be the this could be the swing in the pendulum for the SEC. Who do you like? Kansas against Kentucky in the battle of the blue bloods of basketball. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Kentucky in that one, and not just because I'm a, a noted Kansas hater. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I think that uh, I think that the Wildcats are really starting to figure things out. You know, credit to uh, credit to John Calipari for uh, you know starting to play his five best guys at the same time more often. Yes. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a novel concept, I know, but uh, you know he's finally figured out that having five good players on the court together is a good idea. Um, and Antonio Reeves has really benefited these last couple games. So you know, I, I think that uh, I think that um, you know, he's he's shooting the ball with confidence. He's getting to the lane. He's getting open looks which he wasn't getting earlier this year, and he's starting to knock them down. So you know, I think he's going to be a key to this game. Uh, you know, obviously. Kansas doesn't have anybody that can match up in the paint with uh, Oscar Sheboy, so I expect a big game from him. Uh, just as long as uh, you know the, the the Jayhawks do have some veteran talent at the guard position, so as long as Kason Wallace can uh, can really take care of the ball, um, I think that that's going to be the key. If he has you know six or seven turnovers, Kentucky's going to be in trouble. But uh, I think that he plays well in that game. I think that he's up for the moment, and uh, I have I have Kentucky pulling off the upset in that one. So the final tally is a kiss your sister five to five tie between the SEC <laughs> and the Big Twelve, according to Adam Spencer of Saturday Down South. Adam, enjoy the hoops. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, no problem, Jordy. Thanks for having me. Uh, Take care, great, buddy. That's, great uh, day of wall-to-wall that, basketball. I love it. I love it. Adam Spencer coming up next, Fridays with Faust after this. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Need help with taking your lady out for Valentine's Day? The help you need can be found inside the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort, a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville, a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino. A resort. You can only score these great prizes to help you with Valentine's Day by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free, it's simple. So go sign up today. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY sports director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. George, happy Friday to you and your kids in the carpool line, buddy. How are you? Uh, doing well. Everybody's good. We're uh, wrapping up another work work and school week and ready for a little uh, AFC, NFC Idol game uh, weekend, you know? Yeah, I'll get, I'll get your thoughts on that in just a minute. How about the Cajuns? A 72-57 win last night at the Cajun Dome over Troy that puts them now, thanks to um, uh, ULM's double overtime win at Marshall. Yeah. So the Cajuns are now in a two-way tie for first with Southern Miss as they head into Saturday's home game against Georgia Southern. Defense, defense, and more defense for the Cajuns. Yeah, you know, they needed that they needed that big performance from Greg Williams Jr. as well. He had twenty one points. Uh and, and look, yeah, absolutely. They they, they they played great on the defensive side of the ball. I think uh and like Coach Marlin said last night after the game, he you know, he challenged Terrence Lewis to kind of uh be that guy to step up and he goes, We need we're gonna need a double double out of you. Uh there's no you know, and sure enough that's uh that's what uh, Terrence delivered. So the Cajuns were uh we're in a good spot last night. I mean, they they jumped out to that early lead. I I, I was yeah. sit, sitting there going, man, I can't believe that they're they're just dominating as as because you know Troy's uh, coming in statistically. It seemed like Troy was a pretty solid defensive team, uh, and the Cajuns were just able to uh, spread the ball around, knock down knock down buckets, and, and their shots were falling. And it was good to see a guy like Kobe Julian. Get into the game, and yeah. you know he had a, he had uh, he had eleven points, and I think there was one that was uh, maybe a three, but not a three, so it ended up being instead of twelve, eleven points for him. So that was a that's a big boost. If the Cajuns can get that moving forward uh, consistently from Kobe, uh, they, they should be uh, they should be in pretty good shape here. Yeah. And they did it without their leading scorer, Jordan Brown. So that's why Julian right. uh, more playing time, and he had a season-high 14. So uh, one door closes, an opportunity opens up for somebody else, and Julian stepped in and did it. So so Bob Marlin uh, and his club doing a 
terrific job. I've got to ask you your opinion. Um, the LHSAA, you know, this select, non-select, uh, you know, it's been 10 years now. And it doesn't look oh, like geez. these sides are ever going to reunite. So they had a meeting yesterday between a limited group of select, non-select principals and LHSAA officers. And now they're going to vote to table uh, discussions. So in other words, everything's going to stay status quo until whenever. Do you ever foresee a, reuni- a reunification and we just have one grouping? Or is this always going to be select slash non-select? I uh, I think in this day and age, and the way way life is at this current particular moment, I don't I don't really see anything like that changing. You know, I, I agree. unfortunately, uh, it, it. I mean, you can't ever say never say never, right? That's the that's the phrase. But um, it doesn't seem like uh, it, it, it's just been so watered down, and now so many teams have the opportunity to win. At a high, you know what's perceived as a high level, meaning they have what twelve nine twelve state championships. So I mean, yeah, I, I now that people have gotten a taste of it, I don't know that it'll ever switch back. And uh, it was, should it switch back? Absolutely. I, yeah. I'm 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 a proponent of of all the teams playing each other. It it uh, you know. If you're afraid to play somebody, you probably shouldn't be playing them anyway. You know, I, you know, if you don't want to have to face a, uh, an Acadiana High because you're a, a, a select school or a non-select or however you, it works, then, you know, that's, that's on mm. you, you know. <laughs> like you need to build well, up your program better. Work hard I'm with you. to achieve uh, and, and have that state championship mean something, not, hey, we're giving out 12 state championships. Let's just give everybody a state championship. You know what? I just, just Let's just give you a state championship. You played this year. You went 5-5. Five and five, State championship. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Ooh, George. <laughs> George is fired up. But look, they, oh, dude, I'm, I'm glad they – Oh, dude, I'm man. It, it, it's something I'm – I'm, it annoys me to no end because I, yeah. it's – it's just teaching people that mediocrity is okay, and that's not the case. I'm with you, uh, George Faust, KLFY. <laughs> I'm glad they tabled this because, look, I have a daughter that plays high school basketball. They're two weeks away from the playoffs. If they if they voted on this thing, it, it would disrupt the whole playoff structure, all the power ratings. Look, last year, it, I mean, right. like eight, eight teams or ten teams – they all made the playoffs. At least they changed it. Now they've got 37 teams that my daughter is in the same boat with, um, and the top 24 teams make the playoffs. So it's getting better. It's getting a little right. bit more competitive. Because I think they, I think what happened is they realized it was a, what they did initially was a stretch, and they're like, yeah. "Oh wait, we can't really do that. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, or doesn't reward hard work." And, right. and and so now we have to kind of slowly, gradually get back. I hope they go back to to the way it was. I mean, look, does that mean teams don't don't get a state championship? Does that mean STM doesn't win as many? Maybe so. But then the the maybe the two that they do win are are that much you know more yeah. of a of a of an achievement. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I and I don't mean to pick on STM. I'm just saying that they have benefited from you know the idea does? that. It's just like other things. It's it would put more emphasis. Man, you win a district championship. That means right. a lot. Doesn't mean anything yeah. anymore. Right. 
No, you're right. That's exactly right. I, I mean, and look, in that district that I, I was talking about STM, but I, in that district this year, to win Logan. that district said a lot. I mean, you yes. had Turley, yes. STM, LCA, Westgate. That that district, you, if you won that district, you deserve to be in the state championship because that was probably four of the uh, uh, top ten teams in the state were in that district. So, yeah, I, they are, they earned it. That's what I'm yeah. just saying. I, you got to earn it. I, I have no problem with, you know, slimming it down a little so that, you know, when you actually accomplish something, it, it means something to you. I got you. District opener for my daughter, St. Joseph's. Got to go to Scotlandville yeah. tonight. Going to be tough. All right. They're good. They are good. So so we shall see. We shall see. All right, George Faust, yep. you mentioned AFC-NFC championship games. Uh, the NFC is the first game on the table. Uh, San Francisco at Philadelphia. What do you think? Oh, man. You know, I, I'm, uh, the Cinderella story, man, is, is Brock Purdy, right? I want to mm-hmm. ride. I, I, I like the idea of Brock Purdy uh, upsetting the Eagles in Philly. I, I think I think the 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 rosters are pretty set. I, at quarterback, at one of the most important positions on the field, uh, obviously the Eagles have the advantage. I, 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 I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 49ers. Uh, but it's 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 on a slim margin. I just I I, I hope that uh, the 49ers can pull it off only because. I just I can't like I I'd like to see that that Cinderella story kind of play out a little more. And Eli Eli uh, Mitchell is uh, is yeah. on the uh, on the on the Forty Nine. I'd go. like to see the uh, Cajun get to the Super Bowl. That'd be cool. There, there you go. That'd be awesome. Um, all right, yeah. AFC Championship game. The Bengals, with a couple of very prominent LSU Tigers on that team, taking <laughs> yeah. on the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. in Arrowhead. Yeah, look, that it's what a game this is expected to be, and I, I think uh, I, I think it'll live up to all the hype. And look, Joe Burrow, all the talk all week. You know, he's he's three and zero against them uh, so far. You know, and I I I gotta I gotta say that I think the Bengals are gonna do it again. I, I mean, <laughs> Pat Mahomes is hurt, right? I mean, he's got that. Who knows how that'll affect him? If right. I was Trey Hendrickson or one of those defensive linemen for the Bengals, I'd, every time I, I, I got near him, I'd be going for that, that ankle. Heck, um, yeah. And they probably will be. They yep. won't call it a bounty. Don't, they left that for the same. Nope. Don't get me started on that. But everybody has the little bounty. I guarantee you somebody's getting a steak dinner if they knock Pat Mahomes out the game. I guarantee you. <laughs> you know? So, uh, that's a whole other issue. Right. So, Bengals, Bengals over the Chiefs to back to right. the original question. I, I, I'm going to leave this real quick. I want you to just say yes or no. Here's my theory. Okay. Saints okay. tank next year. Sean Payton goes back to the broadcasting table. Saints tank. They get the number one pick. They get Caleb Williams, the quarterback out of USC, and they bring Sean Payton back. That's my theory, big guy. Yay or nay? Uh, I'm going to uh, No. I would say no on that. I don't like that idea. I I, I think Sean needs to go. Uh, we're we're done with him. <laughs> <laughs> George Faust, KLFY. Have a fun weekend, buddy. Thank you. All right, man. Talk to you later. <laughs> we'll make our picks next.
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Brought to you each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. Man, if you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Cajun Chef, turn up the taste with Cajun Chef. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and with permanent fat reduction by the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win until you start playing by DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted. And... By the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic of Louisiana. Get back in the game with hormone replacement therapy. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hayes in the bar. Time to make some picks. So James Mesh back in the game studios. We're joined by my near and dear friend, Mr. George Becknell. George, how are you, my friend? Jordan, I'm fantastic. How are you? I am terrific. Let's get busy. We'll we'll talk about the AFC and the NFC championship game. But here's my first question. Who you got? All right. NBA All-Stars on the East. Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Jason Tatum and Giannis versus Steph Curry, Luca, LeBron, Zion, and the Joker. Who wins between the East and the West? Five on five. Who you got? Jordan, assuming everybody's healthy. Yes. I got to go with the West. Okay. I mean, look, look, Steph Curry is still Steph Curry making shots from all over the court. Luca might be the best all-around player in the league. When I look at the West, I see a bunch of versatility. Luca, the Joker, LeBron, all those guys can play all the positions, and Zion is as electrifying as it comes. So I, I like I like the West to beat the East. I, I just feel like they got more firepower. They can do more on the floor. Okay. Give me the West. Um James, who 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 do you put Zion on to guard on that team? Who does he guard? Tatum, Durant, Giannis. Who do you put him on? Uh, that's tough. I mean, because Zion to me, he would guard somebody more in the paint. So I, I feel like if you're gonna have Zion guard anybody, I feel like you would maybe have him guard Giannis. Ooh, who does but, that, but but no Ooh. matter but no matter what, it's like it's a tough matchup. Yeah, I'm with you. Who do you like, the East or the West? To me, I'm I'm a little more in favor in the East. I may be a little biased since I like the Celtics and Jason Tatum. But, I mean, okay. you got KD. He's still scoring just like Steph is. He's just as a prolific of a scorer. Same thing with Kyrie Irving. He can still do whatever he wants when he gets to the paint, having making jelly layups everywhere he can. And yeah. Jason Tatum is, has really gotten himself a bag as well, being able to put up floaters however he can, just has really got? mastered you that. You got Euro the step. East? Yeah, I'm taking the East. Okay, uh, I'm going to take the West because of one and one factor only. Nikola Jokic. I don't <laughs> think they're going to guard him, 
but he can pass it. He can dribble it. He can shoot it. He does it all. Give me that. Plus, I like the size of the of the West, and I still think LeBron can shut somebody down. So um, give me the West. I, th- I thought it would be fun. All right, here's something else for fun. Um, since the, the Saints don't have um, – any picks this year, right? It doesn't seem like it. And if it win or lose the NFC championship game, George, Brock Purdy's the quarterback of the 49ers, I believe. So if that is the case, Jimmy G is going to be gone, or maybe they keep him as a backup. How about this? Since the Saints don't have a quarterback, how about San Francisco take the Saints' second overall pick, which is number 40, and a 2024 third-round pick for Trey Lance. You say yay I, I think, deal or no? I think that I think that's the best you're going to get. You know, because Trey Lance is a, is still a very good talent in my in my mind. He's athletic. He has a big arm. I think I think with the right development, he has a chance to be a franchise quarterback somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, and for the Saints, I don't see a scenario where you get better if mm-hmm. you don't do that. Because if, if it's not that, you have to rely on Jameis or Andy Dalton or maybe a Derek Carr. Give me Trey Lance. I like the deal. The guy was a top 10 pick, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, number but three. I'm taking that deal. Where was he, uh, James? Number, he was the third overall pick. Third yeah, overall I'm taking pick. that deal. All right. Absolutely. James, you like the deal for the Saints? You think the, the Niners would bite on that if, if uh, Purdy continues on his path that he's been on? I think at this point – they they might as well rock with Purdy and they trade him somewhere. I just don't trust Pete Carmichael at this point having to try and develop a Trey Lance. I still like Lance's potential for sure, but I'd rather have somebody else that I can trust more to be able to develop that quarterback. For right now, until you move on from somebody, I'd rather just have a veteran. I, I'm not a big fan of Andy Dalton. I'm not a big fan of Jimmy Garoppolo, but I'd rather them because it would just keep them on a steady path, I guess you could say, for a short amount of time. Do I want the offensive coordinator or the quarterback? Give me the quarterback. I can find an offensive coordinator. See you later, but, Pete. Give me the quarterback. But, but Jordan, Pete Carmichael is not the best offensive coordinator on the Saints staff. Doug Marone is over there chilling, coaching the linemen. Oh, okay. can, can, can Doug Marone take the take the coordinator? Why Why are we so attached to Pete Carmichael? I because don't know. I, I, I don't know. Fire. I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's 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 get some other picks here. Uh, one team's lost eight straight conference games. One team's lost seven straight conference games. They both need a win. It's the SEC Big 12 Challenge, LSU hosting Texas Tech. George, tell me the Tigers win this thing. I can't tell you that, George. <laughs> 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 I'd love to tell you that, but, but, but look, unless number 20, the blind bomber's going out there, I don't see him winning. You can't shoot thirty percent from the floor and win ball games. You just can't. Thirty so like percent. Yeah. Thirty. That would be that would be astronomical. They're in the twenties. Yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> All right. You just can't do it. So, so while I love for my Tigers to go get a win, hey, maybe you need to suit up, man. They wore your jerseys last week. Just give me five threes. That's all I need from you. All right. You got it. The Red Raiders is is George's pick. James, who you got? I mean, neither of them are doing very well, both on very bad losing streaks. But at this point, uh, I'll just take LSU. It's not a confident pick, but it's at home. And I I mean, I, I think I'd rather take an SEC team over a Big 12 team at this point. 
So it's not okay. a confident pick, but I, I'd rather take the Tigers. And I mean, maybe getting Justice Hill back is a little bit of a boost for them. Maybe. Ho mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. that sparks hopefully, something. I think ho- I think hopefully is the more appropriate that's, word. That's the here. key word. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, both teams struggling. Both teams in a win. Give me the home team. Give me LSU. Please tell me. George, the Pelicans riding a six-game losing streak. They get Brandon Ingram back. Rusty, absolutely. Uh, they play Saturday against the Washington Wizards, who are 22-26. and 26. And more importantly, on the road, the Wizards are 10-16. and 16. Please tell me the Pels <laughs> get off the schneid and end this losing skid. You know what, Jordan? You got this one. The Pelicans will win this game. Because, you know, looking at him Wednesday, Brandon Ingram was rusty in the beginning of the game. But down the stretch, I felt like Brandon Ingram made some big buckets. You know, he, he started to kind of get in the rhythm. He started to, you know, so he started to kind of feel his way. I'm not going to say he's all the way back, but he's back enough for for him to be the go-to guy and get the Pelicans a bucket when they, when they need it. And that's huge. Everybody else can play the roles that they're used to playing. I like the Pelicans to to win this one. And I like the Pelicans to kind of put a little bit of a streak together and get back in the right direction. You know who they play next, don't you? You know who they play next, don't you? Who's that? They got to go to Milwaukee. (laughs) Give me me the Pelicans. (laughs) Give me the Pelicans in Milwaukee. Oh, my gosh. What Give kind of hat you wearing today? What what kind? Oh, you got the Pelicans hat on. No wonder. All right, James. Give me the Matt. Pelicans in Milwaukee. <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah. Can I bet your money on that? Thank you. Hells um, <laughs> and the Wizards, James. Who you got? I think getting Brandon Ingram back. I mean, him having a second game back from being gone for over two months. I I think he'll be a little more involved in the offense this time, which will help take some pressure off of CJ and Jonas and. As also having Najee back for another game as well, I think that's really going to help them. And it's on it's on their home floor. I, I mean, even though they've had a little bit of a skid, even on even at home, I still think that they're able to win it tomorrow. I was going to say tonight, tomorrow night tomorrow. in the blender. Yeah. Didn't uh, didn't the Wizards trade somebody to the Lakers? Yeah, yeah Rui the, Hachimura. The, yeah, give me the Pelicans at home. The side of the streak is over. All right, limited time here, but we got to roll. So. Let's go playoffs, NFL, NFC championship game. George, San Fran at Philly. Philly, the favorite. Who you got? I got San Fran. Go ahead. I got San Fran. And the reason why is because Brock Purdy only has to play a C game, and Jalen Hurts is going to have to play an A-plus game for him to win. And if he makes any type of mistakes, the 49ers will make him pay for it. Purdy doesn't have that pressure on him. I think he gets it done on the road. Because he's with Shanahan, got the better defense, and he's got some good weapons on offense. Give me the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl. All right. James Mesh. I'm going to go with the Eagles on this one. I think it's going to be at home for them. 49ers are going to have to go on the road all the way to Philly. That's a hostile environment. I'm looking at the defense. I like what they can do on the interior. I don't trust the interior of San Fran's offensive line as much as I trust the defensive line. In the in the defensive line in general of the Philly of the Philadelphia Eagles, so I think that's where we're going to see the biggest X factor in the game, and I think AJ Brown's actually going to have himself a good game because last time he didn't have to do much, but he only had three catches for twenty two yards. I think this time you're going to have to lean on him more often, and I think the Eagles actually get it done and go to the Super Bowl. 
I think the 49ers had a tougher path to get to where they are. Dallas is a really good team. The Giants, limited, yeah. very limited. Philly destroyed them. Everybody talks about home field advantage. These are pro athletes. They've played 17, 18, 19 games now, half of those on the road. So I don't believe here and now that big of a difference in the home field. Unless it's a dome like the Saints, that's a whole different story. Uh, whichever team stops the run and makes that quarterback have to throw it more is the team I think that wins it. I just like more weapons for the 49ers. I don't know why. I keep flip-flopping, flip-flopping, flip-flopping. Uh, give me the 49ers to win on the road against Philly. Can Cincy at Kansas City. James, who you got? I'm done betting against Joe Burrow. I'm tired of it. I'm tired All of betting right. against them. I'm taking the Bengals on this one. I know it's looking a little better with that high ankle sprain for Patrick Mahomes. I think he'll still be a pretty he's still gonna look really good. And this one's gonna be a really close game. That's why you see that line flip back and forth between is a one point favor for him, one and a half. I still think I'm gonna take the Bengals on this one. Joe goes four and against the Chiefs. George Becknell, who you got, big guy? Well, Jordan, I'm going with the new face of the NFL, and that's yeah. one uh, huh? one Joey Burrow, who's the most <laughs> clutch quarterback. I know he doesn't have the physical freak of nature tools that Patrick Mahomes has, but guess what? He has the pleasure of going against the Kansas City defense while Patrick Mahomes gets to go against his pass rush with Trey Hendrickson and all those other cats. Also, Joe Burrow has the better weapons. Mm-hmm. Higgins, Boyd, Jamar Chase, Kittle. Joe Mixon, Kittle. You know what I'm saying? Like Joe Burrow has the better weapons, and he's the new face of the NFL. Give me the Bengals in Burrowhead Stadium. He's gonna go there and win again. I think this comes down to the fact that Cincinnati has a better defense. Their defensive coordinator yes. is really good. Um, the guy that I wish had never left the Saints is still causing havoc on the defensive line, <laughs> Hendrickson. I think since these defense is better, I think it doesn't matter where the Bengals play. I think they rally behind that quarterback. I agree with you with the weapons. Um, I think Mahomes' ankle is certainly going to play an aspect in this game, whether it's a little or a lot. I, I just like the Bengals. So give me the team, the two teams that are the hottest teams in football and have been that way for the past month and a half or so. Give me the Bengals and the 49ers in the Super Bowl. All right, there's our picks. George, thank you, my friend. Pelicans against the Bucks. You got the Pels. I love it. I hope you're right. I really, really do. But thank you for your time, buddy. I appreciate it. James, thank you. Thank you as well. We'll be back to wrap things up after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Now that you scored an Amazon Alexa or Google Home smart speaker for Christmas, you can now use it to listen to the game. Southwest Louisiana sports station. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game. Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing. And have the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, at your home, about everywhere you go. All right, what a fun day it has been. Special thanks to our guest, Bill Frankes, LSU baseball number one preseason across the board in the country. Larry Holder of The Athletic, 
uh, with his picks for the championship game and the latest on Sean Payton, Adam Spencer, with the Big 12 SEC Basketball Challenge from Saturday down south. George Faust of KLFY, George Becknell, James Mesh, we made our picks as well. So that was that was fun. Um, yes, yes. If today, January 27th, is your birthday, well, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Uh, you share your birthday. He's 64. He is the sportscaster of the NFL on NBC, Chris Collinsworth, former Florida Gator wide receiver, and the guy that holds the highest career punting average in LSU history, 44.58 yards per punt. He was a 2011 All-SEC and All-American performer, Happy 32nd birthday, too. I can still see him holding the ball out as he faked the punt. Brad Wing is have, having a birthday today. The old lefty, left footer. Uh, pretty darn good. Pretty darn good, to say the, to say the very, very least. And um, he is now uh, 71 years old. A return specialist, a receiver, best known for his shoes. Played with the Houston Oilers and three other teams. Billy, white shoes, Johnson with that dance in the end zone. Knee to knee, baby. Knee to knee. Billy, white shoes, Johnson. There you go. All right. Um, good weekend. We got all kinds of sports. Australian Open and tennis. We got the SEC Big 12 Challenge. The Cajuns are uh, going to host another game against Georgia's uh, State, I think it is. And they... They'll uh, they'll try and take care of business, get to eight and two in league play with a win, um, and then we've got the the championship games on Sunday. Both games are going to be great, and I agree with our earlier guest in the week, Frank Schwab. It, it wouldn't surprise me if you know I picked San Fran and I picked Cincinnati. It wouldn't surprise me at all if it was Philly versus Kansas City. These are going to be. These are really four good teams, the best four teams in football. I don't care what you say. There is no fluke here. All these teams have won 15 or 14 games. They are really, really good, and they have earned the right to be where they are. So we'll see what happens. Thanks to ShopRite, Tobacco Plus, Discount Outlets, to Ducks, to Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, to the Louisiana Lottery, D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon, Ascetic Medicine, and Anti-Aging Clinics of Louisiana, and Cajun Chef, we thank you. We thank all of you for listening in whatever form or fashion that you do, whether it be the radio, through the internet, or on television. We really do appreciate it. It's been a fun, fun week. To our partners, as I mentioned, man, thank you. We couldn't do it without you. James Mesh, outstanding job as always. Um, I really hope uh, that you have a wonderful rest of your Friday. And an even better Saturday and Sunday. Get all your honeydews out of the way so that you can go sit back, relax, and enjoy what I think is going to be a super, super Sunday. I think these games are going to be great. I don't see a Philadelphia blowout of uh, like we had against the Giants. I just don't see it. I just don't. I think these are going to be terrific. And television does it right. And puts Burrow and Mahomes in prime time. I'm Jordy Heltberg. Until Monday, stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. So long, everybody.